morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88 right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network, wherever you are. This is The Breakfast Show, positively different radio in the morning and you are with Lyle and... Mon, how are you Lyle? I am fantastic, Mon. Yeah, good as gold. Yep. Yeah, what's going on? What are you grateful for this morning? Ooh, let me think, what am I grateful for? Shopping. Are you serious? Shopping. I never would have thought I'd see the day where you'd be grateful for something that's a little bit more feminine. <laughs> <laughs> I was just being like dirt or tractors or steel or something. <laughs> shopping. Or- I love shopping. <laughs> really? I went shopping yesterday. Really? Uh-huh. I'm so flawed right now. That you went shopping that you yes. loved it. Wait, did you go to Bunnings? Is this where you loved it? No. Oh, oh, oh. No, I didn't go to Bunnings. Okay, okay. I'm really intrigued. What happened? <laughs> it was a lawnmower shop. Oh, mercy. <laughs> oh, t- I take back all my surprise. <laughs> I'm no longer flawed. <laughs> I'm just really unimpressed. <laughs> what did you do a lawnmower for? Did you have like a really cute ride on one that you like fixed up? Uh, well, I do have a a, um, a kind of an antiqueish ride on that I, I have fixed up and uh, do use on a regular basis. Uh huh. Yeah, and it does. I fix it every time I use it, <laughs> which is during summer. Yeah, that's once a week. Once a week, I fix it, and uh, yeah, so that's kind of the how it works. So, did you buy a new? Did you buy a new lawnmower? No. 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 No, you just had a look at them. Oh, just window shopping. Just window shopping. A bit of a tire kicker. Tiny, yeah, tiny, just, tiny just, tire just, kicker. Just walking around and drooling. <laughs> I can't believe guys get so excited about things that just cut grass. <laughs> All it does is shorten your lawn a little bit longer. <laughs> well, what are gra- you thankful for, Mon? I am grateful for soup. Um, so, uh, soup? I, yes, soup, soup. Soup. I'm not actually a huge soup person, but I was grateful for soup yesterday. Um, one of uh, the local church members was having a down day and decided, you know what? The way to help yourself is to help others. And so she made a huge vat of soup and she dropped it off. And, uh, and so we divvied it up into smaller containers, some of my housemates and I, and uh, we dropped it off around the community, just a little soup and bun run, just dropping off to people in need. Was, oh, really? It was a real blessing. Yeah, I had a great time. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, it was amazing. That's amazing. Yeah, it's a great, great, great lesson. We've talked about this before on air. If you want to help others, if you want to help yourself, help others first. Anyway, great show coming up for you today. This is a reminder, you are listening to the delayed broadcast here on Faith FM. If you would like to listen to the live show and interact with Mon and myself for the breakfast show, then simply go to faithfm.com.au and press play or use the TuneIn radio app. Lyle, I think we should go to the beach. Just take the show to the beach. Absolutely. Breakfast from the beach. Yep, done. 100%. Right there.
pure radiance, perfect in innocence, yet learns obedience to death on a cross, suffering to give us life, conquering through sacrifice, and as they crucify, praise Father for Back everybody, you're listening to Graham Kendrick here on Faith FM, and we are about to get into our first quiz clue for the day. What have you got for us there, Mon? Um, I don't think we finished off yesterday, so we're gonna we're gonna redo that one. Okay, all right. So just, the, one, just, the one that you figured out right at the very last second of the show. Yes. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna we're gonna do that one. So, so what book am I? That's our breakfast Bible quiz this morning. What book am I? I'm gonna, I'm gonna take it from the top because yep. we only got like two quotes in, clues in. The word covenant is found most often in this book of the Bible, a total of 29 times. If you know what that is, give us a call, 1-800-FAITH-FM, 1-800-324-843, or you can text your guesses, 491 uh, I will give you, ooh, what are we going to give them? I will fish a prize out of the prize buckets in the next on break and tell you all about it. But yeah, wonderful prize coming up for you. If you can tell me what book of the Bible has the word covenant in it the most times. Very good. 1-800-324-843 is the number to call. And Mon, what have you got for us in positively different news this morning? Oh, Lyle, I've got such a nice story. Um, so you know how sometimes you go to a restaurant uh, or a cafe and they do that thing where they have decorated the walls with money? Yes. Like, like international money. And they like tape it all over the walls and they put it all over the walls. There's a um, an oyster bar. Uh, this It's called the Siesta Oyster Bar. Uh, over in oh, where is this? So this is kind of like those uh, five hundred billion dollar notes that you were handing out here the other day, <laughs> yeah, which yeah. is actual real legal actual currency, real currency, legal tender. You could have flown to Zimbabwe and spent that, Lyle. I'm surprised you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> you could have been an instant billionaire over in Zimbabwe. <laughs> yeah, yes. but people um 
people like you know they 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 when they travel and I, I love seeing this actually I love walking into um cafes and restaurants and um travelers have stuck you know a one or two dollar equivalent whatever note to the wall or coin and it makes a really cool scene because you know um a lot of a lot of design work goes into currency um anyway so this this is a particular uh siesta oyster bar has um for years now had a tradition uh, where customers contribute to the to the decor by attaching one dollar bills to the walls this is this is in america i can't find which state um but yeah so it's one dollar bills because you know they don't have one dollar coins like where do they have it as a note yeah, no, no it's not called a note it's called it's a, bit, a bill yeah and uh, the coin- why is a bill co- why is a note called a bill i mean a bill is kind of the opposite a bill takes away money and a note gives you money. I don't know. I don't but know. in America, you have a note. It's called the bill. Yeah, I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> and you have a billfold. That's it. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> See, these guys, they pull out their billfold and a big wad of green money. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Flip through it and find the one they want. So, yeah. So, they've been attaching dollar notes to their wall for absolutely years, right? However, last month, uh, the staff at the Siesta Oyster Bar decided, you know what, we're going to take all this money down and donate it to um, Hurricane Relief in the Bahamas. So you know how last month they had the uh, the Hurricane Dorian uh, blew through the islands there and and, um, and stuff's been destroyed. And they were like, do you know what, let's just take down the decor. We're going to donate the whole lot to this um, to the uh, the Hurricane Relief. It took them over a month to pull down every single dollar. And guess how much they got? I have no idea. Over fifteen thousand dollars. Fifteenth you're not paying any attention, are you? I'm I am I am <laughs> I am just very, very busily um, looking up something to add to your positively different story here. Well they pulled down fifteen thousand dollar bills from the walls of this restaurant and then as they were doing it, because it took them over a month and so people were coming in, customers were coming in and seeing what they were doing. And so they were like, do you know what? We'll keep adding to that as long as you're doing it for a good cause. So they would stick up not just $1 notes, but like $5 notes, $10 notes, and $20 notes. And so <laughs> they're trying to pull out all the money. And then every time they come back after a shift, there's more money back up there because customers are <laughs> donating to it. So in addition to the $15,000 they got in the $1 bills, they ended up raising another $10,000 just by people um, getting on board with what they were doing and, uh, and donating more, which is really great. Um, so $25,000 in total going towards the hurricane relief disaster there. Uh, another great story, this one coming out of New Zealand, and I actually started sharing this one last week, but unfortunately um, our show got a bit of technical difficulties and we had to stop broadcasting. And I've been wanting to talk about it ever since, uh, but this is hilarious. So I didn't realize this, but um, in New Zealand, uh, if you're if you're going to be fired from a company – uh, you're allowed to have a support person come in to, to the meeting in which you get fired. And um, <laughs> which, you know, is great for the person to be able to cope with a stressful situation, but not great because everyone knows exactly what's going to happen when they get the email saying to discuss some matters, um, please bring a support person. <laughs> so it's kind of like a heads up that you're, <laughs> so you're getting fired by email. Yeah, so you, exactly. You know what's going to happen before you even get there. Uh, and so there's this local guy. His name's Josh Thompson. He's been working as a copywriter for uh, an Auckland-based ad agency. And he got this, uh, this email, you know, discussing some matters. Please bring a support person. Um, you know, just encouraging you to bring a support person. Um, <laughs> so he knows what's going to happen, right? Because there's, there's also been um, recent cuts to the company. Um, but rather than bring a family member or a therapy dog to the meeting, do you know what he did? He spent 200 bucks and hired an actor as a clown. Oh, yes, that's right. I remember hearing about clown. this. 
So at the appointed time, uh, <laughs> uh, Josh Thompson uh, was indeed jo- joined by Joe the Clown. And uh, Joe the Clown took the job very seriously, despite the bizarre nature of the 20-minute gig. Uh, so <laughs> in addition to making a few balloon animals for the meeting, Joe even mimed the act of crying when uh, Thompson's former employers handed over the termination paperwork. <laughs> Thompson said love this. he nodded his head along uh, when he received the bad news as if he was also receiving the bad news. It was just professionalism at its finest, really. And, <laughs> um, and despite reacting very little to the clown's appearance at the meeting, the company officials uh, later told him that they were grateful for spicing up the meeting and seeing the humorous side of the ordeal. And, uh, and of course, Josh Thompson, he said he couldn't be more pleased. In fact, he wholeheartedly recommends hiring a support clown. <laughs> um, yeah, he's like, you know, if he's, he said, if you've got family, friends, stepmom, stepdad, stepkids, bring them by all means. But if there's a clown available, especially Joe, I definitely recommend it. Um, <laughs> uh, so the clown, who is actually 26-year-old actor Joseph Brosnan, he said it was definitely one of the top 10 weirdest gigs he's ever had to accept as an actor or part-time clown. <laughs> no surprise there. Yeah, so um yeah, he's uh, a <laughs> he's 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 got in himself a bit of a, a reputation as being a great support person and uh, of course Josh Thompson, um the guy who was fired, he's already started a new job at another advertising agency. So the story ends well for everyone. Um, a bit of a giggle with that one. I do. Hey, okay, let me come back to your uh, dollar note story because I've just been busily trying to look this up on on um, on Google Maps because when we were travelling up the Birdsville track, we came across a pub that uh, in the middle of nowhere, um, Mungarani. So we stopped at Mungarani, and this is like completely in the middle of the Birdsville track. Seriously, nowhere, and that's where I was talking about yesterday, where they have the McDonald's sign that says "coming soon." Oh yeah, yep, yep. And they have a wall with, you know, they have lots of walls with lots of random things and lots of different themes on them. But one of them has five dollar Australian five dollar notes all stuck all over it. So there you go. Maybe, oh yeah, and and the odd fifty dollar note there as well. So you know, maybe, uh, maybe they can find a good cause to donate that to. Maybe the drought-stricken farmers. I wonder if they have the old ones, like the old paper ones as well, or if it's just the new ones. I remember seeing the new ones. That'd be really cool. I'd like to have a go look at that. But yeah, there's, there's heaps of places that do it. There's something like, you know, in, in Melbourne, um, all over the place as well. Um, so, Lyle, a little, uh, uh, little study has been coming out about coastal living being linked with better mental health, um, particularly for poorer homeowners. Um, so, you know, people often ask, do you want to live by the beach or do you live in the mountains? And um, Beach. Yeah, well, apparently living close to the sea could support better mental health. And they've done this study in uh, England's poorest urban communities. Um, it was recently um, published in a, in a medical journal. Uh, researchers from the University of Exeter uh, used survey data from nearly 26,000 people in their analysis. And just it basically just investigated uh, into the well-being effects of being beside the sea. And, uh, and this is really just continuing with this theme where we're discovering when nature has such a profound positive um, effect on mental health um, and physical health uh, in, in human beings. And like to, to Christians, it's no surprise. You know, God created nature. Of course, it's going to be beneficial to you. But science is like just catching up now and, and confirming what, you know, we've known for a while. Um, and so they've discovered that uh, being close to the sea uh, it can help with anxiety, depression, um, particularly for those who are coming from poorer backgrounds. Um, from the lowest earning households, um, some exposure to the sea is really great for them. It's a bit sad because 
usually living closer to the city is much more expensive, and so the people who can benefit from it this mo- the most aren't um, aren't able to access it. Um, but yeah, they're calling it like a protective zone uh, where it actually helps protect against mental health disease. So yeah, it's a little little uh, little. Little update there for nature coming up with your with your mental health, and I definitely think we should move our show to the beach. We talked about it before. Yes, most definitely. Welcome back, everybody. We, you're listening to Faith FM, and we are about to have another clue for our quiz. What do you got for us there, Mon? Clue number two, what book am I? I contain the Lord's test of a true prophet. I contain the Lord's test of a true prophet. Give us a call, 1-800-FAITH-FM, 1-800-324-843, or you can text 0491-064-669. There's about seven books in the Bible that contain a test of a true prophet, but... This one does contain one of them. It does contain one of them. Yep, and also has the most times uh, the um, appearance of the word covenant. That's right. If you know the answer to this one, give us a call. 1-800-324-843 is the number, and you will win a prize. Anyway, very important event taking place in the Vatican yesterday. Uh, U.S. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo took part 
in a symposium with high-ranking Vatican officials uh, to celebrate diplomatic relations between the superpower and the Holy See. So this is taking place, uh, and, and of course this is um, after, what, 35 years since uh, Ronald Reagan established diplomatic relations with the Vatican. Interesting history of diplo- diplomatic relationships uh, with the Vatican um, and the United States. If you go back to, um, say, 1903, when Pope Leo XIII uh, wrote an encyclical letter against the United States Constitution, uh, it was... It was this and also uh, Pope Pius IX who wrote a syllabus of errors against the United States Constitution that caused... Syllabus of errors. Yes. Sounds like my life. <laughs> a syllabus of errors. And, of course, these were designed to, the, the, to attack that Constitution and um, it caused diplomatic relationships to be broken back then. Of course, Ronald Reagan was the one who re-established it. And so uh, Pope Leo XIII, of course, somebody who uh, claimed infallibility, said this. He said, Let us examine that liberty in individuals which is so opposed to the virtue of religion, namely the liberty of worship, as it is called. This is based on the principle that every man is free to profess as he may choose any religion or none. A liberty such as we have described is no liberty, it is degradation. So very, very strong words there by Pope Leo XIII. And of course you can see that, you know, America being the land of the free... And the home of the brave was like, no, we're not going to. Didn't like um, that at all. No, no, it's no. Funny how they and particularly because it was it was targeting freedom. it was targeting the United States. Yeah, it's it's so it's so bizarre that their thinking is so twisted that they think that that freedom is degradation. How is it degradation to be free to believe what you want? It's crazy. Yeah, it's it, well, and the other thing too is that the Vatican is the prime example in the world of the union of church and state. Mm-hmm. And the Bible is very, very clear that separation of church and state is critical to the success of the world, uh, or to the success of uh, of politics. And um, you know, when if you look at Pius the Ninth and uh, his syllabus of errors, here they come. Oh, here's a couple of them. Error number fifteen. It is an error uh, to believe that every man is free to embrace or profess that religion which, guided by the light of reason, he may sh- he, he he shall consider true. And it is an error to believe that the church has not the power of force, nor she has any temporal or political power, direct or indirect. So insane. And so here you've got here you've got a country that espouses very highly the separation of church and state, making a very close alliance with the country that has the closest relationship between church and state and has consistently attacked religious liberty in the United States uh, down through history and now they are completely in bed together, which is pretty much what the Bible says that would happen at the end of time. Um, I'm going to read a passage about that in just a moment, but uh, what before we do, I want to read to you what Mike Pompeo said at this symposium yesterday, well, some of the things that he said. He said, when the state, and when you think about this, when the state, because we're talking about separation of church and state, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. When the state rules absolutely, human dignity is trampled. Moral norms are crushed completely and the state demands its its citizen worship its citizens worship government and not god I want you to think about that because that is a very very clear call by Mike Pompeo 
to bring a union of church and state to the United States. Okay, so it says when the state rules absolutely. In other words, the state should not be ruling absolutely. The church should be ruling as well. Mm-hmm. Okay? Yeah. Uh, human dignity is trampled. Moral norms are crushed completely. And the state demands its citizens worship government rather than God. So when the state rules absolutely, when you have a separation of church and state, then the state demands that its citizens worship the government. That's rubbish. This is messed up stuff. This is seriously messed up stuff and something that is quite frightening. He then goes on, and I want you to, I want you to cop this. Um, the former head of the CIA identified what he called the worst offenders of principles of religious freedom. The regime of Bashar Assad in Syria, mm-hmm. a union of church and state. The authoritarian leadership in Iran, which is known as the Islamic Republic. Mm-hmm. of Iran. Another union of church and state. Union of church and state right there. And the ongoing persecution of people in faith in China. Now, if you've studied the Chinese uh, model, you'll note that it is very much a religious model. You have uh, um, you know, study groups that are set up. You know, basically, your, your standard small groups are set up to study the, uh, the words and the sayings of Xi Jinping. Mm-hmm. Um, and... You know what? Forced to worship him. That's right. Yeah, that's right. It's a it's a cult uh, situation that you have there, and so these are the three that he. Oh, and, and of course the uh, um, situation in Burma. So these are the these are the nations that he chooses to use as examples where there is no religious freedom. Well, I wonder why there's no religious freedom there. It's because they have a union of church, church and state. state. Yeah, this is the most bizarre situation that uh, that you can imagine. Um, he, uh, he he then talked about the 35 years since Ronald Reagan um, and St. John Paul II agreed to establish uh, formal diplomatic ties. And, uh, you know, once again, this, is, this was all spoken about in prophecy where the Bible says that these two great superpowers, the Vatican and the United States, Revelation 13, it's all there, would reach across the Atlantic and grasp each other's hands. Now, what few people realize is that when the Constitution of the United States was written, it was written as a direct um, response to the Vatican government. So basically what was happening is the, um, the early Americans, they were looking across the Atlantic, they were seeing what was happening in the Inquisition, and they wrote a Constitution that would guarantee that the Inquisition would never come to their country. Well, guess what, friends? It is already there. Mm. It is already taking place. We already have a union of church and state forming in that country. We need to be very aware that it does not form in this country. And um, and we need to maintain a secular government. Some people really freak out when I, as a Christian, call for a secular government. You know, my ideal would be a secular government with Christian people running it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, because those first four commandments... You know, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all your heart, with all your soul, all your mind. Those do not belong to the government. Nobody should be telling you how and who you should worship. God is not a God of force and he cannot accept worship that comes as a result of force. 
Um, they went on to, to went, went on to mention Mike Montpellier did go on to mention this was very very interesting how that eighty percent of the world today live in an environment where there is no religious liberty or limited religious liberty, and when you live in Australia or if you live in the United States or if you live in a you know Western democratic nation, religious liberty is one of those things that we very much take for granted, and we get you know the smallest infringement on it and we get upset. And people that come from countries where there is no religious liberty or very little religious liberty, they're like, wow, you know, you guys are getting upset over um, something as small as, uh, you know, what happened to Israel Folau or something like that. You know, if that was back in our country, people's heads would be being being cut off. People would be going to the firing squad and people would be vanishing all over the place. And you guys are upset, you know, first world problems right here. Um, We take it for granted. But we should not take it for granted because uh, this is something that we definitely should um, be standing up and being counted in, in, uh, in relationship to because the Bible says that our religious liberty will disappear. Revelation 13. So I encourage you all to go and read Revelation 13 today and you will see that force is being used over and over and over again throughout that chapter to enforce worship as we get nearer and nearer to the end of time. This is Carly Fletcher. You're listening to Faith FM. The three friends refuse to bow down Like everyone else in the crowd They would worship their God And he stood with them through the fire Like the reformers of old They stood only for their God His word was their cry They would not deny They gave up their lives in the fire Will you stand faithfully Boldly for all to see Will you choose God, O man? Will you stand? Will you stand? Will you stand? the Bible alone. Jesus hung painfully on a cross. The people, they shouted and mocked. He said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. And he stayed on that cross Ways. 
say Well it is written Become your battle cry Will you stand faithfully Boldly for all to see Will you choose God or man Will you Stand faithfully, boldly for all to see. We will choose God, not man. We will stand. We will stand. We will stand on the Bible alone. everybody you're listening to Carly Fletcher here on Faith FM and before we go to our interview of the day which is all the way from the United States this time we have another clue for our quiz yes. nobody's got this one yet I'm Put so your excited thinking about caps this. on uh, this is uh, a really cool um, book actually you should all be knowing about this and what book of the Bible am I clue number three all the scriptures in, quoted by Jesus during his wilderness temptation in Matthew chapter 4 come from this book. So when Jesus was being tempted in the wilderness, <clears throat> he was quoting scripture to, um, you know, get himself through that. And all the scripture he quoted was from this particular book. So Jesus yes. was quoting this book. So give us a call if you know what book that is. 1-800-FAITH-FM, 1-800-324-843. Tell us what book that is and you can win the prize today. Hey, Mon, I saw you busily making a phone call to the United States here a moment yes. ago. Who have you got on the line? I'm so excited. We got live from the US. We got uh, Rodney Osborne Jr. Welcome to the show, Rodney. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you all doing? Yeah, we're doing fantastic. So where, where exactly in the States are you and what is the time over there? Is it like the middle of the night or something? <laughs> no, not quite the middle of the night. It's... Uh about 4.37 p.m., and I'm in Rolla, Missouri, about two, two and a half hours southwest of St. Louis, uh, for those who know where that is. Not none of us. <laughs> no, I've, I've been to St. Louis. Oh, I, know, I know where that is. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, Actually, probably, probably a producer, Shell, knows that as well, because uh, she is originally from the States, even though she's now Australian. She's just recently become an Australian citizen. Uh, but, Lyle, I've got, I've got Rodney on the phone because he's going to teach us how to become bulletproof. Oh, really? Bet you didn't know. No, I did not know that. I'm bulletproof. Sure, I'm sure you wish you were bulletproof, Lyle. Lyle is sitting here, Rodney, with his arm in a splint. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure he wishes he was a bit more bulletproof lately. I'm pretty bulletproof, you know. It's, <laughs> I don't as know. I said the other day, this I would have, know. a lesser man would have just died. And been- <laughs> Whatever. We won't go there anymore. Um, but yeah, I'm very excited because Rodney has just uh, published a book and it just dropped, like it just released yesterday. So we're very oh, yesterday? excited. Yeah, yeah. So we're like, this is like hot off the press, dude. For her, uh, heard it here first on yeah, Faith FM exactly. Radio. And uh, we have our first interview here with the author. Uh, the book is about how to become bulletproof. But before we get into the book, I do want to delve a little bit into you, uh, Rodney. Um, sure. Maybe talk about like, how did you become a Christian? Have you always been a Christian? Like, were you born into a, a Christian family or did you, like, when did you make the decision for yourself? Tell us a little bit about your story there. Sure. So I was baptized when I was about 11 years old. 
Um, I would say that I come from a fairly religious background, uh, but it didn't really become real for me in, until a lot later in life. Um, basically, I, I just kind of drifted away from the faith and, you know, I, I made this decision and it was real in that moment, but uh, just drifted away, didn't really understand what it meant to have a personal relationship with Christ. And it actually wasn't until my junior year of college when I was studying at uh, a school in upstate New York where I really reconnected to Christ. Uh, that's such a. I love it. I love it when kids, you know, they get baptized. They they know that I want to follow Jesus young. And even though, like, often, you know, as people who who are born into into Christian families, they do stray away. Um, there is that promise in the Bible where if you train up a child, you know, um, the chances of that child staying a Christian later in life are, are so strong. And so it's always a beautiful testimony to hear that. Um, what is it you did at college, and you know, where is it you are now? Like, what do you do now? Sure. So. I went to college at Rochester Institute of Technology in upstate New York, and that was where I reconnected uh, to Jesus Christ. Um, and it was actually through a book called Steps to Christ uh, that helped me to understand who God was and uh, just that um, I could have hope in a relationship with him, really. And so at the time, I was studying marketing, uh, but then the closer I got to God, the the more I sensed him leading me into ministry. Um, and so I went to Andrews University after that. And shortly after graduating, uh, my wife and I up there, uh, we accepted the call to come pastor uh, here in Rolla, Missouri. And so that's what I'm doing now. I've been pastoring for about a year and a half or so and really enjoying the experience. So you actually went back to school and studied um, theology. you guys call it theology or divinity over there in the States? It's a master of divinity, so... Okay. Yep. So you're, so, um, and so you're just fresh off the boat, working as a pastor uh, in Missouri, you said it was? Yes. And you've decided to write a book, and I'm so I'm so intrigued by this book. Yeah, I want to I want to hear how I can get a hold of um, some Kevlar. Guys, <laughs> Kevlar. Absolutely. <laughs> There's a picture of some Kevlar on the front cover, Lyle. So okay. the book is called The Bulletproof Challenge: Seven Steps to Strengthen Your Faith. Um, just released yesterday. Tell us, Rodney, what is it that inspired you to write this book? Sure. So I would say part of the reason that I, I wanted to write a book. Um, about how to strengthen your faith was because it was through a book that I rediscovered my own relationship with God. And I, I knew that God had given me a gift of, of writing and communicating. And so I wanted to share some things that had been impactful for me and get that out to other people who may have also struggled uh, to also have a relationship with God. So I would say it was out of those two things. Number one, my own experience, but number two, uh, just this gift that I'd been given uh, to write and, and to communicate ideas with other people in a way that makes sense. Amen. Love it. I love that, you know, you recognize that, you know, it was um, through a book, uh, the Holy Spirit working through a book that reached you that, you know, you wanted to then create a cycle and and, uh, and reach other people through the means of books. Because um, books often just... Books can touch your heart so much. Uh, you know, messages passed down through generations. I mean, look at the Bible. Look, God gave it to us in a book. Um, no, mm-hmm. I am. I am very intrigued. Lyle is busily googling your book right now. 
<laughs> he wants some Kevlar. Um, how long did it take you to write this book? That's a good question. Um, it, it took me, I would say, a couple of months or so. Uh, it, it's a shorter devotional book. Mm-hmm. Uh, so content-wise, um, that, that's why it took me a shorter time period. And it's actually based off of the sermon that I preached in the past. So that made it a little bit easier to uh, bring together all of those ideas. I'm just going to read out uh, the blurb here on the Amazon page for it. It says, have you ever struggled to experience a meaningful relationship with God? This devotional book features seven simple yet practical steps to strengthen your faith. Whether you're a longtime Christian or just getting started in your relationship with God, you are sure to be encouraged, challenged, and inspired. These are definitely all things that we want to be um, experiencing in our Christian walk. So it does say seven steps. So I was wondering if you could, like, don't, don't show us everything, but just give us like a little sneak peek of what these seven steps are um, that we can do to strengthen our faith. Sure. I, I can give you a, a quick overview without giving too much there. Um, each step is broken out into a, a day of the week. And so you can actually read through the book uh, in a week and experience the full seven steps and then begin to build on those as you continue to read other things and uh, strengthen your relationship with God in other various ways. That's actually really uh, but cool. But again, without... I, I like the idea of strengthening your faith. Like, you, like I think people maybe think, oh, strengthen your faith. It's going to take a lifetime. And people don't realize, no, you can do that in a week. You could, you could start that today. But yeah, go on. Mm-hmm. Sure. So here's the seven principles or seven steps. Uh, commitment, contentment, goal setting, prayer, gratitude, perspective, and community. Where did you get the uh, inspiration for these particular steps from? So it was actually in preparation for this sermon that I had preached uh, along the same lines of uh, the book that I wrote. And I I was online. I was uh, unfortunately procrastinating a little bit. (laughs) I was scrolling down Facebook and I saw this article uh, about how Navy SEALs remain mentally tough as they're going through training. And as I was reading this article, it actually gave me the inspiration, not only for the sermon, but for the book. So uh, the seven steps are actually based off of uh, some things that Navy SEALs and other soldiers do in real life to uh, remain mentally tough, uh, to remain focused. And there's also spiritual principles that relate to those things. And so the spiritual principles uh, are, are what I bring out in this book. Okay, so Navy SEALs are, uh, I guess, you know, the most famous thing about Navy SEAL training is is what they call Hell Week. Um, is there a, is do Christians go through those kinds of experiences as well? And is that a good thing or a bad thing? Very good question. I, I would definitely say that Christians go through those experiences. I, I can say that I've been through uh, some of those experiences. I look at my own life; uh, the, these moments where uh, my faith was challenged, and I, I wondered if God was real, and if so, then does he care? And if so, then why are all of these things happening? And, and so I think many people uh, do go through very challenging situations. Uh, the key is to keep everything in perspective and to realize that God can actually use these trials to strengthen us. 
Sure. Now, um, I, I think we're going to uh, Mon. Are you going to get him to, to to talk about some of those, um, some more of those stats? Yeah. Can you just touch on them again? Just hit those, hit those chapter chapter, um, the seven steps again. I just want to uh, check something. Sure. So Mon's, sure. Mon's over and here. Otherwise, busily. I just want to check. I wrote them down correctly. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. So we've got content. Co- I'm sorry. Commitment is the first one. Contentment. Goal setting. Prayer. Gratitude, perspective, and community. I'm I'm a little intrigued by contentment. Like, how does contentment feature in faith building? Sure. So, again, without giving too much away, uh, many times we focus on the future or what we don't have instead of being content with what we do oh, have. Oh, gotcha. Okay, yep, yep. Right, right. And, it's sort of dis- and, and, and when we're so focused on the future and these other things, it can cause worry. It and worry settles us, yep. Right, right. Now, with your, when, when you were researching this and, and you got the inspiration from the, uh, the, the, the six uh, steps of, uh, or six, you know, uh, attitudes, whatever it was that, um, that Navy SEALs need to have to be able to succeed, how many of them, I mean, I imagine that commitment would be front and centre to Navy SEAL training, uh, but I can't imagine that contentment would be in there anywhere. How many of these actually are the same and how many of them have you uh, sort of had to change them around a little bit to make them, to put them in a Christian perspective? Good question. So all of them I've more or less adapted uh, to put them into more of a Christian perspective. Uh, For example, gratitude. I'm sorry, for example, prayer. Um, I, I, I can't say that Navy SEALs are trained to pray uh, through their training. However, they are encouraged to do some exercises that will help them to refocus and uh, to be able to get through the training uh, that they're going through. And and so in that principle uh, of Navy SEAL training, I said, well, wait a minute. God has given us this powerful tool called prayer that we can use to refocus and reconnect with him. Uh, So there is a little bit of adaptation there. Uh, but I, I did try to keep them as true to uh, the principles that Navy SEALs use as possible. Okay, just in the last minute that we have, I just want to ask you about your blog because you actually have a very interesting blog called Beyond the Pews. What is what is like what is this blog about? Beyond the Pews. I'm guessing they mean church pews, the things that people sit on when they go to church. But what, what are you like? What are you getting at there? So the reason I retitled my blog Beyond the Pews is because as a pastor, I want to reach people beyond the pews. I I mean, it's good to preach and to uh, minister to people within the four walls of the church. Uh, But I would say that this blog is really my attempt uh, to get my message out and and really the message of the gospel out to those who may never step foot within the physical building of the church. Amen. So this morning we've had uh, Rodney Osborne Jr. on our show with us author, pastor. Uh, his book has just been released uh, yesterday. Jump onto Amazon.com and search for Rodney Osborne and you'll see his book, The Bulletproof Challenge, Seven Steps to Strengthen Your Faith Come Up. Uh, faith come up. 
You get the Kindle edition, it's like $3, or the paperback edition, it's like 5 bucks. I've already purchased the Kindle edition. I can't wait for it to load on my Kindle and, uh, and have a read of that. Or you can go to, uh, just search for Beyond the Pews, uh, Rodney Osborne Jr., and you'll see um, a really wonderful and inspiring uh, blog there written by uh, Rodney as well. Uh, Rodney, thank you so much for your time this morning. Thank you for uh, chiming in all the way from the US and for sharing your, your gift of writing and your passion for leading people to Christ through it. Uh, we're going to move on now with the show. This is Kemi Ogendi. You are listening to it's Faith okay FM. okay to grow. It's okay to grow. It's okay to scrape your knee on the pavement to rise and fall to try once more. It's okay to grow To learn as you go Starting Saturday, October 19, 7pm, Erin Room at Erin Affair. That is Saturday, October 19, 7pm, Erin Room at Erin Affair. Happy Hearts is a free community craft program for kids aged 1 to 5, designed to encourage growth and creativity through Bible stories. 
Join us each Tuesday during the school term from 9.30 till 11am at the Senior Citizens Hall, 401 Warburton Highway, Wandon North. For more information or to register, go to happyhandsart.com.au forward slash happyhearts or contact Patricia on 0425 854 516. That's 0425 854 516. Happy Hearts. Free fun for kids and the mess stays with us. Sister, 
shining in the darkness Speaking through the word The light of forgiveness Light of the world Light of the world